0: You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently, so you can too.
1: Focus Features presents Back to Black.
0: I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles.
1: Experience the music and her story.
0: Know this: I ain't no spy, girl.
1: Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. toward your next stay. Find a stay for any of you when you book direct at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works.
0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson. And I'm Holly Fry. So we've started on every Friday having just a little behind-the-scenes short moment for what we have talked about on the episode this week. And what we have talked about this week was the occupation of Alcatraz.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because it's one of those things that was happening when I was a tiny child. I was kind of born in the midst of this, Mm -hmm. going on like at the end of it. And I remember, because I lived in the Pacific Northwest not long after that, Mm -hmm. uh, there being a lot of discussion of Native American rights because there were still— pretty significant number of um, Native peoples in the Pacific Northwest, as there still are, but um, and us having a very weird and awkward education around it in elementary school because it was still developing Uh and seemed a little bit closer to home maybe than some other people uh, might have experienced in other parts of the country. Yeah. Where I don't remember a lot of the details, but I do remember particularly one teacher trying to very— delicately explain to like eight-year-olds the nuances of this which is very hard yeah I mean, you're eight you're not really ready for and the government did really bad things right, right. like unless you've
0: lived through them hard and you don't to, to explain right yeah for,
1: from a, a privileged largely white population it was of kids it was a little bit of a yeah. head scratcher but yeah. I, I remember her so valiantly trying to like not give us a fake version of events, uh-huh. but also be cognizant that these things were still ongoing and developing and that nothing was settled, which is also right. hard to teach kids, yeah. right? Like, I know you're eight and we're talking about history, but it's not really history, it's right now. Yeah.
0: What? <laughs> yeah, I um, I grew up on the East Coast and I was born just a few years uh, after you were. So this was in the shortly before my birth past. Um and really a lot of the legislative stuff that we talked about in the episode like that was happening when I was too young to be aware of things in that way. And because I grew up in North Carolina, our North Carolina history class included things like the removals, which was framed as the Cherokee removal, which there were a lot of other right. nations besides the Cherokee who were who were part of all that, but like we learned a lot about that in in North Carolina history class when I was probably maybe middle school age seems right we did not learn about the the termination and relocation policies at all 100% not in my knowledge base before i got into this episode and as we both often do i had this conversation with my husband that was about what was i was what i was working on for work and i was like yeah and there was this whole policy of termination which i really was not familiar with and patrick my husband grew up uh, in New York, very close to a reservation, and he had the awe. he was like, oh, yeah, because I grew up so close to the reservation. Like, right. I, I, I'm i totally familiar with this, and I was like, "That this is not normally how our conversations go about the show, because normally <laughs> I ask him if he's ever heard of something, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no shade to him at all. Like, he's, you know, he knows plenty of, about other things that are not necessarily that, but yeah, that was, uh, a thing that was just not part of my education at all. Um, that was more something he knew about because of his personal experience.
1: What was your research like, particularly on this episode? Because we talk about in both of the episodes that, like, as I was just saying, this isn't all settled and it's no. ongoing. So we even referenced uh, Lineta's book, which is not yet out. Right. As we're talking about all yeah. of this,
0: yeah. And to be clear, I have not. I have not read that book. Uh, I do know it's forthcoming. What I when I first started thinking about doing an episode episode on this, which was like a year ago, the first thing that I wanted to make sure of was to make sure that I was reading things that were by people who were there mm-hmm. um, or were by other Native people and that I was not getting like just a white perspective on things. And so I had uh, I had. The book that we mentioned at the very end of the episode was called American Indian Activism, Alcatraz to the Longest Walk. Uh, And that was something that I had gotten specifically because the essays in it were by so many different people who were actually involved in addition to having the historical analysis chapters at the end. I also uh, had picked up as one of the first things that I picked up was uh, Adam Fortunate Eagle's memoir, of it he's actually written a couple of different books that are related to it so i had picked up the more recent of them Um, and then as i was reading through that i kind of learned about how he was one of the older people like he was in his 40s right he had a really successful business he drove a really nice car Uh, like he he was pretty well off especially compared to some of the other people uh, that he was interacting with and i sort of learned about okay how how there were like divisions within the movement which are totally unsurprising and how i needed to make sure not just to get like the Native people's perspective, I also needed to get like a a breadth of perspective from within the movement. So there was a lot of uh, reading uh, accounts of uh, people who were actually there, watching interview footage with people who were actually there. And then also, you know, some of these folks are still living. I mean, the people, the college students who were involved 50 years ago were in their 20s. So like some are still living in like their 60s and 70s today, like seeing what, what, they're working on now what kind of work they're doing now, uh, to kind of close that circle. Yeah,
1: it's one of those things that comes up periodically in the news, not even specifically this, but just ongoing mm-hmm. discussions, reparations, etc. Not just in the US, Canada has had a lot of this going on, and uh, I wonder if there will ever be a point where it feels as though it is resolved in some way. Yeah, which is hard. For me to even get my head around such a concept, right? right like right. one, it's not my life experience to know. Two, I mean, we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of years. Like at what point do you go, no, we're even now? Like yeah. I don't I don't know how you would even quantify such things.
0: Well, especially given how recently and how ongoing a lot of these things are still still are. Like there are still so many, so many people, so many, like so many native nations who we're given land specifically under the terms of the treaty. That treaty has never been abolished. That treaty has never been overturned. We're still supposed to have that land, but other people have taken it. Yep. And it's, like, it's still going on, like, 100% today. Um. And then the termination and removal policies are in such the recent past, and we're 100% just a hole in my knowledge. Um. And as I said in the episode, that's so messed up. Like, I still, this is not, this is not a, a completely apt a comparison because it's a different situation but it's almost like if the UK said not just that Wales isn't going to be part of the UK anymore but that Wales doesn't exist anymore like that's the level of how messed up that is right and any cultural element of being welsh has to be
1: completely obliterated yeah yeah it it is it's hard to parse a a modern day like a current event equivalent that isn't a uh, land, a case like this, where mm-hmm. native peoples were completely uh, overrun and, and yeah. kind of walked on. It's it is. It's very messed up. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're so in anyway. concurrence on this issue. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I wanted to be sure to do this episode, not just because it's the 50th anniversary, because it's just a, such an example of how much of this is still going on today, uh, and how if uh, if folks live in a place where there's not a large uh, population of native people. Um, people sometimes imagine that there aren't any more, which is totally false. Yeah. People also kind of imagine that, like there was, like we said in the episode, that there was just sort of passivity of accepting whatever the federal government said. That's totally false. Like this was this is a story that that counteracts so many false tropes. Um, that I thought it was really important to have it. I'm so glad you picked it.
1: Thank you. All right. Okay. We will see you guys back here next week with more topics. Mm-hmm.